Welcome to Holy Cray Podcast, your dose of holistic healing. I am your host, Cray, giving you a platform where you can speak your truth, be authentic of your own self, no judgment, but love and belongingness and sense of gratitude. Let's all grow together, not only physically, but inwardly. This platform encourages you to really explore that healing within embodying your authenticity and as we all heal together we collectively heal our generation ahead of us may this platform fill up your soul's desire gratefully cray hi everyone welcome back to holy Cray's podcast your dose of holistic healing Thank you so much for being here today and I just want you to know that I appreciate you for making time and always tuning in. So if you are tuning in right now, tag me while you're listening to this because this episode is something so relatable, something that really empowered me, light up so many fire, fire energy with my soul and i love our guest today because she really inspired me in so many ways on how she integrates her whole hobbies if it's a hobby or if it's a passion everything in one and it it didn't really seem to be so hard for her to integrate them and to showcase what it means to be in oneness or in 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 a line with your being and with your purpose so i want you to ask today before we even start is where in your life you're holding yourself back from pursuing that one thing that you love most because of the society standard where in your life are you holding yourself back to really pursue that one thing that ignites your soul that really makes you so excited and feeling fulfilled in imagining yourself from doing so and what are the things that you have withheld growing up because of your parents judgment or the people's judgment or the majority's judgment about you that it stopped you from trying that it stop you from being or that it stop you from embodying that persona or that person that you wanted to become so i want you to reflect about it and as you listen with our guest story i want you to really internalize what she shares about her her life or how she integrated everything that she is passionate about in oneness of her being I'm really excited to introduce to you guys and our guest today is one of the people that I actually connected through the power of social media and not only that through the connection that I have with my Reiki master bit she's one of the people in just short amount of time really inspired me to be true to who I really am and to be authentic and not give a fuck I know I know if you're younger or however it is But that's how I see her energy. She has so much fire in her. And I see how at ease she is in just integrating everything that she loves, that she wants to do in life. So our guest today is also known as Tita Bite. And she is from Honolulu or as an interdisciplinary healing arts practitioner and a DJ. She's basically a Reiki master. She was born and raised in Oahu. She's also a Filipina just like me. And what I love about our guest today is her creativity and how she culminates that with her community effortlessly in sharing her love with music and how she surrounds herself with it. She's committed to creating and holding space for collective healing and helping others connect with their authentic magic, intuition, and self-discovery. Your fire energy is just going to get amplified with her story and her philosophy or her principles in life. And it will truly inspire you to be the most authentic person, to live in your purpose, that there is no such thing as separation of your being. So without further ado, let's all welcome and listen to Rihanna Stelberg. 
So thank you so much for making time. And I uh, would love to know for everyone who doesn't know you yet, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and where did your journey, your healing journey started? Yeah, I mean, so I'm born and raised in Hawaii on the island of Oahu. I am half white, half Filipino. I'm not Hawaiian, so there's a distinct, just, you know, um, separation with that um i was raised by my mom who's a first gen filipina from elocos norte and mm -hmm. then my grandpa was part of the cicadas so that's a group of people that uh, migrated to hawaii to work on the fields um yeah so he's part of that so it's really cool because i um i was in touch with my dad but i was mostly I mean, I was just raised Filipino, basically. So I understand fluently Ilocano. I can speak like broken Ilocano, but I like I can understand like super fluidly because my grandma raised me, basically. So um, yeah, so that's that's like my my ethnicity background, um, and then my healing journey. I mean, shit. When does it really start? <laughs> like right when we're born, right? <laughs> That's so true. That's so true. Yeah. yeah but, I love it. Yeah. I love how you understand Ilocano fluently. So that, yeah. oh my God, I'm connected with my roots so much because my mom is an Ilocana oh, and yeah. she's from Pangasinan. So oh, nice. I love it. So what is your favorite dish? I know it's random. What is your favorite dish? Uh, an Ilocana dish. I'm pretty sure your grandma cooks a lot of that. Probably. Yeah. Are you so so my my grandma actually like all like older gen they like fish and vegetables yeah so that's what my grandma cooked my mom cooked more of like lechon and like mm. with la so like my it's not really a ilocano dish it's like more of a general like filipino dish so i love like lechon kawali and then my mom would make um lasuna so it's like green onion tomato and patis so oh like that's God. my when i eat that I'm instantly at home. Like, I just, I feel like, yes, you know? Um, another one would be sinagang. Fish sinagang, though, not yeah. like pork or beef, but like fish, super sour, you know? And like, that also like, just transports me to like another fucking time, you know? So I, I, I love food. I'm, I forgot what the Claire is called, but it's a psychic ability where you have psychic tasting. And I definitely yeah. have that. <laughs> I think, yeah, yeah. I, I think I know what you're talking about, but I just, I forgot about it. I well. forgot the name. It's like Claire Gustation or something like that. There's so many things. I'm a little bit Claire audience. Is that yeah, what I'm Claire, I'm Claire audience as well. Yeah, yeah, with music. That's why you dance, you know? So yeah. it's, it's really cool. Yeah. Something about works. you that I really love and so inspired about is you DJ and at the same time you incorporate that with your healing. So where did that journey start so um i have three half brothers they're all full filipino mm -hmm. um they are all of them are like 10 years older than me because we have different dads so like i was the only like white young girl baby of the family mm -hmm. and all of my brothers each had like specific genres that they really really loved so like my youngest brother was into hip-hop so he would listen to like wu-tang clan and like dmx and all that stuff and then my middle brother he would listen to more like house drum and bass kind of music and then my oldest brother he was the he like was in that period of like the goth um mm. post mod period so he loved the cure um Bauhaus like it was like very eclectic mix you know and that influenced me growing up so here I am uh younger than all of them and I know I have the range of like <laughs> how many different varieties of yeah. music you know so I I loved music and then I ended up um getting my my bachelor's degree in journalism because I wanted to be a music journalist. So mm -hmm. I did that for 10 years. I worked on a magazine. I worked on the newspaper here and I just wrote about music and like, wow. I would go to concerts and like get to meet the artists and, and like take pictures of them and interview them. And then it wasn't until I started dating a DJ that I realized that I wanted to make mixes. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. So he became like a, a vessel or a channel for he you. He was he was definitely a catalyst. Like yeah. I I like never 
I never put myself in that DJ position before. Cause like mm-hmm. I was, I was being pushy. I was like, I kept like, my whole thing is I love sharing music with people I love. So like exploring like different um, types of tracks. And when I started dating him, I just kept pushing all these tracks to him to play in the club and he was like why don't you just learn how to dj so you can just play your own like he was mostly doing it because he was like tired of me telling him to play songs (laughs) so like he was like why don't you just learn how to play and then yeah ever since then it's just been it's been crazy like it's been a crazy journey that has taken me all over uh, to la to vegas to play and just i just reached things that i never thought i could as a dj so what was that moment where you felt like wow I'm, I'm doing this something that I'm passionate about and like tapping to your creativity what was that flow with you I want to know how did it feel when you started doing it completely like you fully devoted yourself doing it how yes was that so like that came on pretty early um for me because I'm I pull more masculine energy when it comes to this I'm more action oriented so I don't really give myself to to think and like you know try to like talk myself out of it I just do it before I pull back so um I was before I started DJing I was actually putting together concerts so I was a booking agent for a promoter here so my whole thing was like I was just a very determined fan like I wanted to see so and so in person I'm gonna make it happen and so my first concert that I coordinated with Kehlani and I think that was the moment yeah that was the time where I was like holy shit like I actually I have something here because I sold out I sold out we had a 1500 capacity concert and I fucking sold out that concert amazing yeah and that was like i'm getting chicken skin now talking about it because it's it's, that too yeah yeah it's like bringing me back to that place but that was when i was like holy fuck like i actually look i'm getting chicken skin again like yeah like i have yeah like i have the ear and other people like identify with that you know and so i yeah the promotion company hired me right away because they were like wow (laughs) That was like yeah. the moment that it really affirmed that yeah. I'm fucking doing it. Yeah. Like, so yeah. This is the shit. So that's amazing. And seeing you, like, I know, like, you're so tapped into music, and mm-hmm. I resonate with most uh, with it most because my mom is an old soul, so she plays like old music growing yeah. up. And now looking back into it, whenever I hear it, like at this generation or this time, it just brights up my soul. So. Yeah us being like fair audience that kind of like made sense now for me knowing all about these energies um going back to i know i met you through brit and Mm -hmm. being a reiki master now so how did that start i'm so curious as well a woman with all wearing all of this hats and (laughs) i'm just so impressed and inspired to see you doing these things and finding the harmony you know the masculine like you said you're very tapped into that so that yeah. did Reiki find you or did you find Reiki? So um so I know Britt because she was my journalism teacher ever. So I've known her since I was 18 years old. Um wow. yeah. And you guys go way back. Yeah. Way fucking back. <laughs> and sorry, I swear. So that's just it. Okay. <laughs> so like I um there was a time when she was she just got certified. And mm-hmm. then she was also certified as a hypnotherapist. So mm-hmm. I think I'm trying to remember how old I was. I must have been 23 because I was already dating my um, my partner now. Mm-hmm. So I was dealing with a lot of insecurity issues. Like the relationship was triggering a lot of things in me that I didn't know were there. And not saying that he did anything bad. It's just mm-hmm. it's just kind of like it was a very humbling relationship you know Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. in a sense I finally met my match where he could he could keep up with me with my Mm -hmm. career with my ambition all of my exes in the past they were always very like clingy and like wondering why I would always leave to do work you know what I mean but I finally met someone that could keep up 
Yeah. And that triggered something in me like, okay, what's wrong? What's going to happen? You know, like my, my insecurities came up. Yeah. So Britt offered to do sessions on me, hypnotherapy sessions actually first. So I was going over her house in Eva Beach before she left and we were doing hypnotherapy sessions. And then um, I, at that point, I hadn't done any Reiki. I don't know if she was certified in Reiki at that point yet either. So because she never really offered it to me or maybe she didn't think I needed it just yet, mm -hmm. you know, so. So I was doing hypnotherapy with her and then I think again like maybe like a year later she came back and she finally had like an office in Kapolei and I think that's when she became a Reiki master so she um she did a Reiki session on me and it was like it was amazing you know like I, I didn't really understand like what it was but it's just I trusted her completely. So I was like, if you say I, I'll do good with this, then I'll do it, you know, because that's that's the kind of relationship I had. That's why it's so important to have that trusting relationship between a client and um, the person who's, you know, giving the Reiki, right? Yeah. Even with um, learning from some, someone like a yeah. Reiki master teacher, you need that trust because otherwise they won't be open to receiving it, right? Definitely. So, yeah. So what happened was, um, fast forward, she moved already. She moved to um, um, Cali. And so we didn't talk for a while um, just because we were busy. But that's our relationship. Like we're both really busy. But like when we do talk, it's like it's like nothing past, you know, it's, it's like back to normal. Right. So when I reached out to her, it was because I was. I dealt with a lot of death and that's what brought me to be more mindful and conscious of my healing journey. Like I knew there was a shift happening, but I didn't know. I was just trying to like, again, masculine energy. I was just trying to solve it and figure it out. So I actually owned a streetwear clothing store for five years and we had a brick and mortar for five years. So we were selling clothes and this was with my partner. Mm -hmm. Um, at the time I was reading tarot cards for like my friends and people would actually come to the store just to get a tarot card reading. Like they wouldn't even buy the clothes anymore. They just wanted to talk to me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I was doing a reading for myself and this one card just kept coming up. Like no matter how many times I did the reading, the same card kept coming up. And when that happens, that means that you're not addressing what is coming. Like you're ignoring right. it. So the message will keep repeating. I mean, yeah. Right? yeah. Yeah. So the card for me was the tower. Mm -hmm. And the tower is all about the destruction of systems and, and your whole fucking life, falling you know, like, apart. yeah, falling apart. Yeah. Right. So mm -hmm. to build new again. And yeah. that card kept coming up. And I, I fucking like the first time I saw it, I was like, oh, I don't know what's going on. Then then the second and the third time I'm like, oh, my God. Like yeah. at that point, you know, a lot of a lot of things were working against us at the shop, like our manufacturing, like went out of business. You know, we were losing money. You know, it was it was so hard. And then the rent was so fucking expensive yeah. and it, it just wasn't working, you know, mm -hmm. and we were we were forcing it to work. And mm -hmm. I knew deep down that that card meant that I had to close the store. Let it go. And mm -hmm. there was a lot, there was a lot attached with that because yeah. my partner was also my business partner, you know? So it was very, very complicated. So again, insecurities came up like, mm -hmm. shit, like, is this relationship going to end if I close the store? Right. What are we going to do? What am I going to do? So lots of things were coming up, but I knew in my gut, I had to close the store. Mm -hmm. So I closed it. And then that's when I jumped into nursing and I was like, I want to like do something deeper. I don't want to do clothes anymore. That's so like surface level. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and I love talking with people with the tarot. I loved advising friends. I was always a therapist with friends. Mm -hmm. And then um, I was like, you know what, let me, let me try this nursing thing. Maybe that's my purpose, you know? And it was, it was my friend that actually told me I should become a nurse because I like took care of her when she was drunk or something like that. Aww. So you're that, you're that, you're that person. You're I'm that, that friend. friend. You're I'm like the mom of the yeah. group. Yeah. So she was like, cause I was thinking about doing speech therapy because I had my degree in journalism. So yeah. that made sense to me. Lying, but, yeah. but then she was like, really? I feel like you'd be a nurse. And I was like, Oh yeah. Like I've only been avoiding it for like how many years of my life, <laughs> you know, because my mom, 
Yeah, always. You know, and as still- Filipino, uh-huh. this being a nurse has been pushed to you before you come out of the womb. Period. <laughs> yeah. Period. And and that's and that's because it's survival, you know, for like yeah. in the Philippines, it's only you become a lawyer or a doctor or a nurse, right? Those, Those are like are the, the only, only careers. Yeah. That's yeah. the and, only thing that they Yeah, do. and and same with Asian like Asian culture in general, you know, like yeah. those are the only things that are a sure thing. So my mom thought I was joking when I told her I wanted to go nursing school. And for a little bit, I was even debating on going to be become a doctor. But then I was like, I will have no life if I become a doctor. Mm-hmm. I will I will be the oldest doctor. Because <laughs> by the time I get out of med school, yeah. like, I'm so old. <laughs> like 20 years, right? Yeah. 20 years, yeah. Yeah. And like, with being a doctor and a nurse, you have to be young <laughs> to start already. Because exactly. your, your body needs to be like... Um, exactly. Yeah. And then you also have to have that like naive, like curious, mm-hmm. like just excited, right? Mm-hmm. Like, here I am at 28 <laughs> deciding that I want to become a nurse, you know? Yeah. So, um, so I was trying to do it all. I was trying to become an MP. I was right. going to apply for the grad program. I was still DJing. I was still doing events. Right. So I was juggling all these things and I was burning out completely. And that's, and unfortunately, that's my, my cycle that I'm trying to break out of, you know, I'm doing a lot better now, but before it was extremely bad to the point where my body would just completely break down. So one night after night shift, I come home, I have the biggest fucking migraine. Like I never used to get migraines, you know? Mm-hmm. So I did. And I, I share this all the time with everyone. This was my first experience with Reiki where I fully understood what I was doing. I laid down, I put on some like sound bath music. I turned the lights red because red is supposed to help with migraines. Yeah. And then I closed my eyes and I saw white light coming out of my hands. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? But I was like, you know what? Whatever. I'm so tired. Like, whatever. And then I saw all the lights. And at that point, I didn't know what the fuck chakras were. Like, I knew what they were, but I didn't mm-hmm. know the details, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, yeah. I saw them light up. And I was like, what if I put my hands over my head because it's throbbing? And this already is the first fucking position for Reiki. Oh, exactly. I was going to say that's for yeah. sure. I, oh, my yep. God. Like, and I, I don't even know. Like, I didn't even know the positions. I, you know, I didn't know any of that. And then so I did that for like uh, half an hour. And then I woke up and the migraine was gone. I like passed out doing that yeah and then I felt so good and then the next day that's when I texted Brit I'm like Brit I don't know what the fuck I just did but please help me so I I called her and we talked for like and just keep in mind we hadn't talked in a long time because we're so busy you know but again it's like we picked right off and it's almost as if Brit knew and she was just waiting for me to reach out to her yeah so yeah she was like you just did reiki on yourself i'm like what the fuck bitch like (laughs) yeah yeah and yeah that's that's what catapulted me into all of this (laughs) the way i see how you do things now i feel like you mesh everything in one like with your dj and now you incorporate breath work and with the sound and I remember our session together. I know you connect music with your healing session as well. Mm-hmm. So that's what I really appreciate about you. It's like there's no imposter syndrome, if I would say that. Like, you know, like I, I don't know how can I incorporate DJing to healing to being a Reiki master. So I want to know what is your tips for people who just finding their purpose or their feeling fulfilled just now? And how can they feel feeling like uh, I'm not? there yet or I, I yeah. don't think I can be in one together with the things that I love and what would you what would you what would be your advice for them to embody that embody that yeah life yeah well first of all girl I go through imposter syndrome too yeah when especially when I was thinking about becoming a Reiki master teacher it was so real like mm. I felt the shift. I knew it needed to be done. My ancestors were pushing me to get it done already, you know, and it it sucked because like 
it put me in a weird place, you know, like, because mm-hmm. at that point, Brit hadn't ever attuned anyone as a Reiki master teacher, oh, wow. you know, she never has. And it's been over, like, only now she does, you know, but yeah. it's, it's yeah. been like 10 years, you know? Wow. Yeah. And, and that's just how she is. Like, she's very, um, she has to be selective, right? Mm-hmm. But like, I was asking her, and, and this is the case with me all the time. Whenever I want to learn something or if I feel there's a need for something, I will push whoever it is to create it already, you know? So like with Brit, I don't think she even thought about doing a Reiki master certification online or any of that, you know? And now I'm here asking her, I'm like, can you please make it? Can you please make it? You know? And it it sucked because I, I couldn't wait, you know, Mm -hmm. you know how it is. When you hear the call, you got to fucking answer yeah, already. Yeah. I felt so, that when I said yes to Reiki mm-hmm. last year. And now now you make me realize you're right. Like you just got to yes to it regardless of the naysayers or the judgment that I have in the back of my head. That's how I felt too. I felt like yeah. it's the right moment. There's no. Yeah. You just, you just yeah. got to do it, you know? And yeah. it's, it's almost like you just got to jump and some people, I will tell you this, some people don't jump. They just keep ignoring it. And then all of these problems start manifesting, right? So, like, not everyone listens either. So that's also a credit to you that you listened kind of blindly, right? And just went in. So, but that's what I mean. That's that's to go and show that you are tapped in. You know, you just, you got to allow yourself to get there. And that's that's one tip I can give. You need to instead of being afraid and I say this all the fucking time I'm like a broken record when it comes to this but like you have to distinguish fear from discomfort you really do they both have very similar feelings Mm -hmm. in the body it feels Mm -hmm. the same Mm -hmm. you know it does but you really need to that's why I like meditation and just taking a pause and like removing yourself and looking at two of them okay am I really scared or am I just uncomfortable like Am I going to die if I do this? Is my life threatened in any way? Mm-hmm. 10 times out of 10, no. You know, unless you are like in a, obviously in a not safe situation, right? Then, right. then yeah, I get it. But with this kind of stuff, like spiritual stuff, are you really afraid? Or are you just uncomfortable because you cannot see what it looks like? Oh right. Uh- and so you just kind of have to surrender and trust blindly. Right. So that's my number one tip discern what is fear from discomfort that's number one already and this is like in in everything in your life yeah. right yeah absolutely. And, it, and it's it's growing pains unfortunately you know we are constantly dying and being reborn every fucking second you know so we're constantly grieving all the time because we need to let go right to bring in new stuff yeah and 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 it's really uncomfortable it's uncomfortable it's it's painful sometimes because people fall away from your life you know and it's your values get checked because you realize that you're growing and these people or situations or like the shit you tell yourself is not aligning anymore yeah yeah and it's really right right now yeah no because honestly that's what i went through yeah and um it's it's hard you know like when you transition i call it transition because it's not really it's not really changing but it's just going to the right path that you're meant to be and i didn't I know it's bigger than who I think I was. Yeah. So like you said, grieving, grieving from the old version. It's mm-hmm. hard. Yeah. It was hard and scary. It is. But when you really step into it and I felt so grateful because I did. Yeah. And like you said, be discerned. And I was really, I was fearful in the beginning, but I kept asking Brit, oh my God, I'm so scared. Cause like, you know, my parents, what are they going to say to me and stuff? And, and yeah, like what's yeah. the worst that could happen? And, and thinking and asking yourself that, like, really, yeah. what is the worst thing that can happen? And if yeah. you cannot come up with an answer, then you know, that's discomfort. Yeah. You know, you know, that's discomfort. And I, like right now, like, yeah, you're grieving the old you and transitioning and integration is hard. It's so hard. It is because we're vulnerable, you know, and it's just, Mm -hmm. it it doesn't stop. Your whole life is transitioning and integrating all the time. So like, to me, like, I know everyone has different opinions about this, but to me, there is no healed 
healing is a verb always it's, it's, it's like living living is a verb right yeah so same thing like it's continuous you know um and all we can do as guys or you know for our clients is take the lessons that we learned so that they don't have to go through it again or at least we can support and comfort them you know during that transition time because we're think about it this way we're the lab rats we're the ones who go first right, right? yeah yeah but like it's yeah but you're you're gonna go through this all the time like even me like training um now that i'm reiki master teacher i'm a guide now i'm teaching people now they're my students are purging i am also purging while they are purging it's it's together right mm -hmm. so i'm not i'm not trying to put myself on a pedestal or anything like that you know like no i'm, I'm here to to facilitate this so that you can explore what this looks like for you and i'm just helping you because i've been down that path before you know and it, it's just suggestions you know it's not like this is the permanent way you need to do it this way like no no it doesn't work like that so yeah and i think taking the time with breath work with reiki with therapy whatever you got to do your toolkit right mm -hmm. that'll help make the transition i mean it won't get easier it's just you'll get better at handling it yeah that's what you, it is you know how to regulate yeah from or balance you need you know mm -hmm. how to balance right mm -hmm. so and yeah some days it's fucking hard like like i said like i've had I had imposter syndrome right when I got attuned to Reiki master. Mm -hmm. And again, even with like Reiki one and two, there's that 20 day, 21 day cleanse that you go through where you're, you're integrating, right? The old and new version of you, the attuned version of you. So same thing with Reiki master. I went through a 21 day period where I was like fucking second guessing everything. I'm like, who am I to step into this position? And my advice for that is that we're human. We, that's why we're here. We came in this timeline because we wanted the human experience, you know? So like I experienced imposter syndrome. And if you do, sometimes you just got to feel it. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you just got to go through it, you know, yeah. so that you're not suppressing it or ignoring it. Just know what it feels like, you know? And for me, the way I combat that is by jumping in 100% all the time. So like, yeah, and I'm I fucking scared, that. but I'm just going to jump do. in. Yeah. yeah, and I see that you're, you're really, uh, I could say like the masculine energy that needed for the feminine to, yeah. to take action, to take the inspired action. Because yeah. sometimes for me, it's like when I'm scared, I tend to remove my masculine. I get stuck in there and procrastinate yeah. sometimes. Yeah. yeah. So that's like what we needed for the purpose to move forward. So yeah. I love that. I yeah. Love that. Uh, <laughs> I love all that you said. It resonated with me so much. Um, it's like I'm still really tapping into it more and more these days and really embodying as much as I can for parents, culturally speaking. And what did they say when you started doing it? And what was your initial intention from doing this and really devoting your life now as a Reiki master? Yeah. So to be fair... I have always gone against the grain ever since I was young. So like I was always a rebel. So this might be a little bit harder for people who have kind of always um, appeased to their parents, always listen, you know, because I didn't listen at mm -hmm. all like i second devotion right there <laughs> yeah no i didn't listen like i you know my mom wanted me to be a nurse she was a nursing home administrator i grew up in that atmosphere mm -hmm. and i'm sure her heart was broken when i told her like nope i want to become a journalist and she even threatened to tell me that she wasn't gonna pay for my education you know so i was like fuck you then i'm gonna get a scholarship <laughs> Cause that's, that's that. like, and, and <laughs> literally go ahead. Yeah. I got yeah. it. Yeah. And like, and to, again, to provide some context and background, I, I already had a strained relationship with my mother mm -hmm. and keep in mind, my mom was an entrepreneur too. Like she sold right. clothes. She sold fruit. She sold boo-boo out of her trunk. My mom was a hustler, you know? So 
I had to, ex- I love that part. She taught me that how to be an independent woman and hustle. Yeah. I took that good part, but I left everything else, you know, because I, I refused to conform, you know, and mm-hmm. I know she was heartbroken. I know she was. And I, I know to this, I know now she probably is feeling a little bit better, you know, but it's just, that's just what it is. Yeah. You know, like even now being a step parent myself, you know, it's just, you want the best for your children. But then you have to dig deep and figure out, okay, do you do you really want them to be happy or do you want them to be fucking miserable working at a nine to five, not right. doing what they love? Right. You know, and I, I'm very lucky that me and my partner are both passion pursuers. So we'd rather be happy than the money mm-hmm. part, you know, but yeah. my mom was always about the money. And so already I didn't give a fuck, you know, like I was always like, nope, nope, I'm going to do it this way. Like I'm, I'm a Taurus. I'm very bullheaded. Like you tell me yeah. I can't do something. I'm going to fucking do it. <laughs> you approve. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Yeah. And I was always like that. Even like, so my mom put me in pageantry, like Filipino pageantry. And then there was one. Oh, pa- Maria. Yeah. I just want to say my mom put me in a pageantry. I believe it. I believe it. It's like no one knows it. Not even my friends. Oh my yeah. god! Now, now I was in high school. Okay. Yeah. Same here. Same here. Yeah. So I was in pageantry since middle school to high school, and in middle school I was all about it, you know, because I didn't yeah. know who I was. But then yeah. when I was entering in teenage, like I was in teenage angst, like. I like listened to punk rock music, you know, I dyed my hair, like I was totally a rebel, you know, so like, I, uh, my mom, she put me in a pageant when I was 13. And that was like my peak teenage angst. And I was like, No, no, I don't want to do this. And she was like, forcing me to do it, you know, so I, I purposely did shitty you know, and then when the day of the pageant came, and I lost, it like ignited something in me because i didn't like losing i was a sore fucking loser like and it was it wasn't fair for me to feel like that way because i didn't put any effort into into the pageantry it was my mom she was doing everything like she was the one writing the pageant like the speech and all that stuff because i didn't care i didn't want to do it you know but then that goes to show you like what happens when you don't have an aligned intention right then fuck yeah you're not gonna win right I didn't want to win so I didn't win but then what that ignited in me was competition you know so um I did a pageant when I was 16 and that was when I was getting my shit together so like I was doing really good in school um I was in everything like so kind of like how I am now I've always been this way ever since I was young like when I was young I did ballet hula piano voice like I was always in a bunch of different things because I just that's just me you know yeah so I was in speech and debate I was a captain of a speech and debate team I was the vice president of my class like that's how high school was for me too so like my mom I told my mom that I wanted to join the pageant because I wanted the scholarship money Like Mm -hmm. I wanted to win and do it my way, not her way, my way. My mom was like, you're going to lose. And I was like, (laughs) I was so mad. Like I was like, Ooh, you want, Oh, you saying I'm going to lose? Watch, I'm going to win this bitch. And then I did. (laughs) So she, she didn't help me at all. Like oh she didn't, I, I paid for my dress. I wrote my speech. I did everything, you know, this time around. Wow. And then, yeah, the day, reaction? the day of the pageant, I won how many fucking categories? I won Miss Congeniality. I won best yeah. in swimsuit, best in speech and interview. And then I won Miss Teen Hawaii Filipina. Oh my gosh. And then I saw my mom and my mom was just like, like she, her reaction was just like, like, I think she low key didn't want to show me that she She was, (laughs) she was like, you know, like, okay, well, because it's because your competition wasn't that good. And I'm like, oh, fuck that. You know what I mean? Like, let me have this undermine. She would undermine like, like really low key would lower your your yeah 
instead of congratulating you, she yeah. would gaslight you. That and, okay. Yeah, totally. And that's like our whole relationship. And that's a lot of Asian mom and Asian yeah. parents relationships is a lot of guilt, shaming and, and gaslighting, you know, that was a big one for me. That one like shook me to my core because I won and I mm-hmm. won a trip to the Philippines too. Yeah, so that was the only time my mom was happy that I won because I got a free trip to the Philippines so that we could go together, you know. That was the only time she was, like, happy about it. But so, again, like, I mean, back to your question, I was already al- always rebelling. And I know it's it's really, really hard. Like, there was a time in high school where my mom, like, she didn't allow me to have boyfriends, you know. Mm-hmm. So I snuck around a lot you know and and it's just it i get it i get that fear of being found out you know i understand that fear but there comes a point where you just can't give a fuck you know like honestly like your your family doesn't need to know about this stuff yeah and and our family it's hard to heal them you know especially our parents because they're so set in their ways yeah. It's almost as if like they're it's a little too late to change them, especially immigrant parents, you know, especially. So like what you can do instead is use that energy to help with your clients and, and other people who need your help and are open to your help, right? Because at the end of the day, your family is not helping you with your business. They're not paying you. They're yeah. not, you know, they're not contributing. If anything, they're they're draining you from it. Mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. so it's like you kind of just have to accept it for what it is like for me I accept that my mom will never understand this and I accept that I should not be seeking approval from my parents because they're just not wired that way they're conditioned otherwise mm-hmm. and maybe me saying all these things like me opening up my own business me saying no like that triggered my mom I know it did because she did the same to her parents so what we're doing is re-triggering our parents too. Yeah. You know, because we're now we're like putting them in the in the place where they were before and they don't they don't want us to go through that, right? That that hardship. Yeah. You know, so now I just don't even update my mom. Honestly, they don't even know that I don't work at the hospital anymore. They don't know. Cuz to me, mm-hmm. I don't think it fucking matters. Because at the end of the day, the question is, are you making money, though? It always is. No matter what you do. Like, I remember when we had the shop and we were making money and we were being published in magazines. That would be the question from my mom. Are you making money, though? I'm like, what the fuck does it matter? Wow. Right? So yeah. super, super root <laughs> problems. It right? is. Can I yeah. say that was the first question when I told them that I'm going to do this? Are you going to yeah. make money out of it? Because mm-hmm. that's how they're raised. They were, they're still in survival mode. Like they immigrated to, hope, to you know, wherever you live because they were trying to survive. Yeah. That's, yeah. So it's like, I can't, there's no convincing. Like, yeah. why should I convince you? So I, it was hard. Again, there's a grieving process yeah. because you won't have their full support and yeah you feel it fucking cry about it because it it fucking sucks it's heartbreaking it is that you won't have your full support of your family Mm -hmm. but then that's who you call in you align your soul family then yeah you know the people who will support you and and believe in what you do wholeheartedly and will always like raise you up and energize you not drain you you know that, so not that give me goosebumps right yeah. now my dad never really supported me from the beginning when i had this and he always pushed me to go back to nursing school or to go to be in the military of and, course and nobody knew nobody knew that about this but i was in the military before for mm-hmm. the boot camp and i think the universe was telling me to not go mm-hmm. because i was discharged medically discharged because i got sick yeah and and after that day i had to go back to school and then next thing you know i got sick again so mm-hmm. it was like a, a well your body cycle. was telling you exactly yeah. it was really like breaking down and my dad was pushing me to do this do that do that and because you're uh, living someone else's dream yeah 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and now that I'm like realizing and how you said you were always the one who says no to your parents. And I was that too when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Always like going on a different path mm-hmm. and always sneaking out yep. to to enjoy myself yeah. and my time. Yeah. And looking back, I don't regret anything. Hell no, me neither. Right. So it's like and and now like I'm here doing this and I've never felt so happy. I've never mm-hmm. felt genuinely just so aligned to what yeah. I do and fulfilled. I've never yeah. felt this in nursing school. No. I mean because that wasn't your that wasn't your purpose. Yeah, I thought I was in the beginning. I probably I kept on praying, but I always feel like there's something more out of this. There's yeah. gotta be more out of this. Yeah. And now that like you said, like my parents are always worried about money and you're right. I totally resonate with that. They're always in a survival mode and mm-hmm. it hurts. It hurts. And that too, when you said that I'm grieving and I know I am still <laughs> because I want them, I want them to be proud of me at, at the same time because, yeah. I'm, but now I'm like, like you said, I never update my dad on how I'm doing right now. All I, all I do is like focus on my friends who believe in me. And, and that's your soul family. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that is and so true. Like yeah. I need to have like a solid tribe to keep going. Mm-hmm. And that's where I pour my energy now. So yeah. I appreciate you validating that with me because it's, it's hard sometimes. My dad, my parents have always put into my head that I can't rely on my friends and mm-hmm. I will, and I will never have good friends or mm-hmm. it's always about family, family first, family first. Yeah. But setting boundaries and also knowing that there's, they have toxic tendencies. They're the most toxic people. Yeah. yeah. And it can be, they have the potential because they know how to press your buttons even more so than your friends. You know, like if anything, they're a little bit, they're, they're kind of like, they have the potential to be the worst for you. Right. So um, that's why it, it is possible to like cut family members off or like, again, set boundaries. Like you have to do that, you know, cause like, otherwise, like you said, you'll just keep dr- being drained and, and like, you'll, you'll come to different levels of this. Like for a moment, you'll be okay and accept that, okay, they're not going to approve. They're not going to be proud. And then there are going to be moments, you know, when you're hanging out with them that you wish they could, you know, yeah. it's like, but it's, I'm telling you the faster that you can accept that they will never say that the, the faster you can move on with your life and, and focus those energies on, on other things. Right. Right. And it's, it's hard. It's a hard pill to swallow. Um, it really is. There's a, I mean, fuck, we all go through like inner child stuff, like all of us going through it, you know? So it's, it's a lot to work through, you know, but I think just reminding yourself that, you know, they did their purpose, which is to bring you to this world, bring you into this world. They raised you. They already fulfilled their purpose yeah okay and now it's just about like i don't know taking care of them and i mean in a in a, in a very in clear defined roles you know empathetic way i guess yeah. if, we, if we would put it that way yeah yeah exactly um, but it, it it's hard yeah it's it's yeah. totally hard i yeah like mother's day is really difficult for me because it's like i don't we we cannot have the parents that we want, and they I'm I'm sure they think the same. Like, oh, my daughter is not like who I like wanted like that. Wanted, yeah, yeah. They go through the same thing, so it's yeah. it's it's just it's hard. But um, Filipino is even I mean Asian culture is even worse. because yeah. <laughs> they got the guilt shame. You know that's know. that's it's so toxic. It's like if if it really does mess you up. You know, as an adult. Um. So I I totally I totally understand. But again, so. Going back to, you know, how our parents are and now you really embodying your purpose and now in the path that you feel so you attune into who you are. I want to know how you tap into your creativity now, like in your sacral. Yeah. I mean, like, again, we're always going to be healing those parts, you know, so I'm not I'm not saying I'm healed. I'm not. You know, none of none of this is healed. You know, I'm constantly healing. But like um, for my sacral, sometimes I think if it's too overactive, you know, because I'm doing too many things, right? And if you think about it, our sacral is our water. It's our feminine. It's our creation space. So like 
some things I do is dance, you know, um, when I was younger, I danced ballet and hula a lot. And then when I got older, I kind of lost that. And I think that's the period when fibroids and all these things started happening in my, in my womb, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, also like with the store, like that wasn't really, that wasn't my dream. That was my partner's mm-hmm. dream. So, I'm not saying like these are the reasons why I got polyps. I'm sure there's a bunch of different reasons, you know why, but you know that when a a chakra is yeah. blocked, things happen. So yeah. those are the things that happen and so after I closed the store, I focused on only things that nourished me and filled me up. So I like to think of like if you if you think about it really, like our sacral is kind of like a cup yeah right like a chalice so like we need to fill it with water yeah Yeah. and that's the element that that our sacral is yeah is associated with is water so I have to nourish that side I had to tap more into my feminine because like I said I was I'm more masculine so like rest Mm -hmm. rest is number one Mm -hmm. um really breaking out of this um burnout cycle hustle cycle and going more with how I feel you know, about certain things, doing things for self, right? Mm -hmm. Instead of doing it for like to push with business or yeah, to please or make money or or for other people, like what, what hobby are you doing for self? Really? Is it drawing? Is it painting? Um, For me? So it's dancing. I love dancing. Mm -hmm. DJing now is back to being a hobby for me, which I'm really happy about. Um, and it took the pandemic to take it away from me to finally let me become detached from it. So like, if I were to lose DJing now, I don't care. Yeah. Like I'm still going to be playing music. It's just, it's a, it's a hobby again. It's not my job anymore. So playing music, sharing music and making people dance and, and kind of changing the vibe like that fulfills me. I love, I love doing that, making playlists for my containers like that fulfills me so much you know because it it shows me at my most vulnerable state when I share music that's me being vulnerable because I'm sharing all these curated tracks that that I resonate with that I connect with right so like I don't even do collaborative playlists like it's just all me (laughs) you know I'm purely selfish with my music (laughs) but it's not even selfish right it's (laughs) self-nourishing It is. Yeah. So um making playlists, um, singing. Sometimes I like to sing for fun. I'm not like my voice isn't great, you know, but I just I love doing it, you know. Yeah. Um speaking and that, you know, like our sacral always is in tune with everything else, all the other chakras, right? Yeah. So like um speaking, I love brainstorming, I love collaborating with other women, like those are great um mm-hmm. sacral <laughs> um nourishing things. Yeah. Yeah, like surrounding yourself with women that are, and people, individuals that are creating the life that they want, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I'm trying to think what else is there. I've been working on my money traumas a lot. So healing those parts, which is root and sacral too. Um, Just being able to create without having to worry so much about the money part, right? So yeah, working on that. Um, also just kind of stepping into like who I am and what I do. Um, like you said in the beginning, you know, there's like a, a fluidity with what I do. And it's because I'm so fucking stubborn and I just don't see it any other way. Like I cannot. <laughs> Everything I do is all intertwined with each other. It really is. Yeah, That's why I, yeah and I, I can't, like I can't separate them. That's why I've always only had one Instagram account because I, I just, what would I put on the other account? Like in my mind, it's just, it's, it's impossible because yeah. this is who I am. Yeah. So I'm, I'm very un- unapologetic about that and just really accepting that, you know, for a long time, I used to make myself feel guilty for always doing a lot of different things and having a lot of interests. But I think this year was the year that I finally embraced, like, this is just who I am. I like a lot of different shit. <laughs> you know yeah. this is who I am <laughs> I love that you know I I resonate with that because this year too I feel unapologetic for being me so before I was afraid to oh my gosh how am I going to integrate Reiki with my podcast it's you yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. So I'm like, why am I separating this? Yeah. So, and there's some people that do. I get it. Mm-hmm. Some people feel differently where they have to separate their business. You know, I get it, you know. But for me, it's like everything's intertwined with everything. Like I DJ my fucking collective containers. So yeah. what is the point of separating that? Right. Yeah. And I'll just be posting the same stuff. Right. And it's just yeah. at the end of the day, like for me, it's it's me, Rihanna. That's who you're um, going to for the healing, for the DJing and all that stuff. Right. Yeah. But for business, I get it. I get I get why people separate. I understand. Like sometimes yeah. it's better for them to completely like um separate and just post only like healing stuff i get that i get it i understand that but for me it doesn't work Mm -hmm. i'm i'm very truthful with what i post like this is me yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. and i actually came to a point also as well with you saying it's you like what i post is more okay let me just I can be here in, in my personal page in my dancing because mostly I tap into that on that page. I went through that the other night. I was like, shit, should I create a separate yeah. healing page? But I'm like, but what the fuck am I going to post on there? I'm going to post the same shit. I was like, you know what? Yeah. I'm just going to change my name. It'll just be Rihanna Stelver and then you can still see yeah. Tita by underneath. And then yeah. that felt good with me. Like I was trying to force something to make it happen when it, it was just right in front of my face the entire time. Like, why am I trying to force it? Exactly. I love this. I feel like you're really integrating everything in one. And that's how it's supposed to be. And as a yeah. healer, that can be a lot. It is a lot. Someone who is grieving from, you know, this persona to now an egoless version yeah. and transcending or just really transitioning a lot so much because we are unpacking a lot of things while healing people yeah. and also ourselves yeah and like it for intuitives like us like mm-hmm. we are always operating on multiple timelines and dimensions at all times at yeah. all times and like it's it sucks because like we can't really we we can't really get rid of the ego we can't like this is the package like but i I do want to share something with you that i read recently that made so much fucking sense so like your body your mind and your ego and your personality these are all just like jackets that you wear the the who you yeah the who you are is you are your spirit that's who you are you're you're your soul like the ego and all that is just what comes with the package and it's it's not about like removing the ego or removing these jackets right it's 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 more so about um how do you make them work as tools for you yeah instead of like going against you right yeah so like i i read that recently i'm like oh that's so fucking good that's smart because there's a lot of ego shaming i feel like in the wellness but it's like what what can we do we're we're human it's like saying like we cannot have eyes or you know like hands or you know what i mean like or we can't feel emotions you know like no no (laughs) this is this is reality (laughs) it's really something really important too to take note and i appreciate you saying that because like i've been studying or just like really learning about my and unlearning things about it and you can totally do that you know like that's great do it work make it work for you is is like i know it will come up for me too as well so it's like every time it comes up i would just say not today yeah i say i tell like when i start like talking like to myself or tell myself i can't do something i'm like shut up rihanna yeah shut up i don't want to hear it you know and and they it will usually go away yeah 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 i've been doing that too like i say shut up I don't want to hear your opinion right now. (laughs) But yeah, do what you have to do. Like if you have to physically remove yourself when you start like spiraling, thinking like that, do it. If you have to move your body, that's why like dancing, working out, like that's why you feel so good after because your mind is like, it's quiet. Yeah, like you're yeah. on, on this on the present and and what is in yeah. front of you yeah. yeah so that's why like it feels so good right yeah. but unfortunately a lot of people just like to overthink you know 
and it, it sucks. I, I overthink too. Like, look at my forehead. My forehead is big. That's because I overthink a lot, you know? So I totally get it. I understand. But again, everything, like what you said, Rihanna. Yeah. Like, but I know it's Rihanna, but I love yeah. No, I love that you say Rihanna. It's, 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 like, it's, like it's like your individual touch. I love it. <laughs> but um, now, like, everything, it's like, literally you're you're a whole integration of being in one with your spirit so that's how i see you mm-hmm. and so last question for this interview would be what would be your advice to your 21 year old self oh man <laughs> that's a good one think bigger and you know like when i was 21 i was doing a lot of stuff too but yeah. i could have been i could have been doing bigger bigger things bigger visions to trust even though it's really really hard but you just need to trust that you're gonna be okay no matter what mm-hmm. and and surrender even though it's really shitty but once yeah. you surrender you you get more options when you surrender it's not giving up it's it's having more doors open to you you know mm-hmm. and um forgive i held a lot of resentment i was very angry as a 21 year old so like just forgiving and and being gentle with myself you know like i i really criticize myself a lot and just be gentle and that knowing that nothing good comes out of being angry or being mad at myself like there's no nothing good that comes out of it but yeah i know for one thing for sure think bigger yeah think bigger yeah i love that i feel like for a long time i've been playing small so yeah. that, that calls me out right there and it's just this year that i feel like i'm thinking bigger than what i used to be I, like i i think you are you uh-huh. know i think you're really like i when i see you post i'm like yes she's like stepping into it like 100 really? hell I'm yeah shaking yeah my core i was like I'm gonna be uncomfortable posting, but I know it's me. So that's yeah. all I'm doing every single day to be yeah. uncomfortable for this change and just really. You get do, you're killing it. You're doing it. Thank you're doing you it. That. I appreciate yeah. that validation. Yeah. I know you don't need it, but, but oh, it's but, nice to hear. <laughs> yeah, it's nice to hear. Thank but you like, so much. Again, yeah. I, it was lovely having you and hearing from and learning from you and learning all this journey. I would love to know if you have any events coming up for the people to connect with you. Where, where would they go or and website or something that you would want to? Yeah. So I've been, um, I just launched my breathwork and um, energy healing container. So I'm going to be doing that, I think, twice a month. So that's over Zoom. It's a beautiful community and I, I love it so much. Um, I've been creating an online collective since um, the beginning of the pandemic last year. And it's it's been so special, you know. Um, so I have that twice a month. And that's where we do a two-part open mouth pranayama breath. And it's it's just great for releasing and, and the grieving process. Um, I like to say with every breath, you get more of yourself um, back into your body. So I've been very, very passionate about breath work lately um, because it helped me. Um, so I have that twice a month. Um, I am doing it in person now at my Manoa house for those who live on Oahu. So you can come and see me. I I am actually not going to be doing any more one-to-one distance Reiki because I want to focus more on the community and the um, in-person session. So I've had to cut down a lot too. So yeah, yeah. So that I can better serve these other areas, right? Um, What else am I having? I will be probably doing a group mentoring on the solar plexus probably in the fall. I just got to put it together. So it'll be like a four week series of like activating that power and that worthiness. Yeah. Because I I have too much fucking fire. You do. You do. I feel like you are a container for that. And everyone needs that in their in their whole chakra to listen yeah. really like that yeah and yeah and like that's that's who i am like if you say you want to do something i'm gonna hold you fucking accountable, accountable. for it and i'm gonna <laughs> i'm and i'm gonna hype you up to yeah, do that. it you know because yeah because i like that's why like me and brit like were we were so together because she's similar to me in that sense like we both are we can activate that area easily yeah. you know and i've done it 
countless times over my whole life in different areas so like it, i think it would be really special to help mentor people or women to do the same yeah. um so i'll do that probably in fall and then i'll probably focus on a chakra for each four week season for like a yeah. mentoring it would be really fun um i'm trying to think what else am i doing I'm doing my Reiki training, so I still have online um, energy healing Yay. trainings. Um, it's still open. I have an online one in July 7th through 9th. There's still spots open. My in-person is sold out, which Ooh. is like... Amazing. Yes. I know. I'm so fucking happy. And it's, it's really, you know, I... Do it, creating that Reiki training and the energy healing um, program was, was really tough for me. I had a lot of imposter syndrome. I... I was second guessing myself a lot because the traditional way of teaching Reiki just did not connect with me at all. Like I didn't, I didn't want to do it that way. I felt like I had to do something else. So the cool thing about my energy healing is that I help you tap into your ancestral healing, your lineage and your intuitive practice. Cause we all are healers already. You've been doing this shit way before you even like were attuned or, you know, you were even thinking about like energy healing. Right. So what I do is I, I help you go in deep and, and create your own practice. I'm not teaching you my, the way I do it. I'm helping you make your own of how to do it so it's really really special for me i lead a breathwork and energy healing container for the training for my students to help them release before i attune them so it's really nice i really love it um so yeah that's coming up i don't know if i'm gonna host any more trainings this year i think i'll be done i'll probably wait till next year because <laughs> it's a lot it's a lot yeah but i love it like i it's very very fulfilling for me i love it um I'm still DJing in person here on Oahu, but I, it's it's whatever. You don't have to come. <laughs> I'm September. I'm yeah. Oh, yeah. There you go. Perfect. Yeah. So perfect. You know, so it's September. Yeah. I'll, Thank I'll you definitely so be. Thank you so much, Rihanna. Yeah. I Thank really you. Thank you so much, everyone. Thank you for making your time and tuning in. And if you love this episode, please rate and comment on how you feel and what this episode made you feel while listening to it so if you have apple podcast subscribe and rate and if you have spotify download the episode because it will help me reach more souls to feel this energy that we just shared to you and see you again guys next episode and also check my website because i have events coming up on www.holycray.com gratefully cray, cray.